Hello, I am Judes Gavilan. Welcome to another Rappler podcast episode where we discuss facts, nuances, and controversies behind the big issues in the Philippines. This is Rappler's Newsbreak, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na ito, pag-uusapan natin ng response ng Philippine government sa novel coronavirus outbreak. President Rodrigo Duterte was recently granted special powers to address the problem. Ngunit kasabay ito ng maraming kritisismo tungkol sa kakulangan ng direksyon ng gobyerno. So saan ba nagkukulang ang Duterte administration sa pag-address na outbreak? Ano pa ang dapat nilang gawin? Ano ba ang dapat nila ginawa sa simula pa lamang ng issue na ito? Kasama ko ngayon si Sofia Tomacruz, Rappler's Malacanang at Foreign Affairs Reporter para sagutin ang mga tanong na ito tungkol sa Duterte leadership. Hi, Sofia. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Judas. So, for my first question, how would you describe the president's handling of the situation so far? I think what really sums up the way the Philippines and the, the, the Duterte government has handled the situation so far is that it's been tragically slow. We recorded the first case, our first coronavirus case, at the end of January. And... Now, as we speak, we've reached the 2,000 mark. So since then, of course, we've put in measures like a lockdown on the entire island group of Luzon, which experts do agree is the right thing to do. But the initial implementation, of course, of this was riddled with gaps and details were only given in piecemeal fashion, which we continue to see until today. And so far, we've seen that it's been, again, like very slow and when we're in a pandemic when we're in a public health crisis and things are changing so fast day by day being able to act quickly and decisively and clearly is crucial and lives are really at stake with like every possible delay you have in making a decision and so um in the week since the first case was announced in January we didn't really see the government urgently move. They had no sense of urgency. And of course, when it comes to their response, and of course, we're feeling the effects of all of that now because we're playing catch up with testing, obtaining personal protective equipment for our frontliners, identifying quarantine centers, and coming up with measures to just get Filipinas through this crisis, which should have all been done or laid out weeks ago already because We've, we reached the point where we're supposed to have all these things in place so we can respond, not just starting to craft them and seeing the best way to respond to all of this. So you said na walang sense of urgency yung uh, government Duterte when it comes to addressing the coronavirus during the first few cases. From the get-go, ano feel mo? Do you think the government, or at least Duterte himself, took the threat seriously kahit nung umpisa na nagkabalita na may umuusbang na virus sa China? I think there might have been people within the government that who raised the alarm early on. There might have been people, specialists, let's say, in the Department of Health who warned early on that, you know, if we're not prepared for this crisis, then it will really mean lives. But then I think when it comes to the decision makers, people who had the actual say to do something about those warnings, let's say, no, there wasn't really, again, that sense of urgency. And I don't know that they, I don't think that they took the threat very seriously. And this is something that we also saw in 
different countries where they neglected to act early. The Philippines neglected to act early. And as well as other countries, just recently, right, the World Health Organization mentioned that they gave kind of like a rare public scolding because they said countries are so slow to act and we're, we are missing the window of opportunity if it hasn't already passed. And that's true for the Philippines because Duterte was slow to act. He didn't take the coronavirus seriously in the beginning, if you remember, he would even say that he would threaten to slap the virus, just making fun of the name of the coronavirus, saying, what's this new virus? And I don't want to call it virus because I'm mad at it and everything. And, and there's no doubt about that because he kept saying things even like, oh, you know, there's not anything, there's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to be really extra scared of, which is essentially him downplaying the threat of the coronavirus. And he would chalk it up to, let's say, generational plagues that come like in, in once in a lifetime and these things really happen. But then that was the time when we were supposed to be acting or at least putting in these measures in place so that if we arrive at the situation like we are in today, we would have been ready. But his first few addresses, he didn't, he didn't feel that, he didn't see that. And I think people really noticed that as well. And of course, we can't forget that in his first few instances that he talked about the coronavirus, he really focused also on, aside from downplaying the threat, he focused on defending China and thanking China, saying that we shouldn't be blaming China for the disease. And no one was really blaming China for the disease, but we wanted to be, we wanted to hear about what the government was going to do about it. So uh, what do you think is the reason why he You mentioned it can be felt during his speeches na we don't need to blame China, virus lang to, mawawala rin to. Ano yung feel mo na rational behind this kind of attitude di Duterte during the first few months of the outbreak, at least outside the country? I think he could have been preoccupied with other issues. If we recall what was happening at the time when the crisis really started in, in January, Duterte was focused on other issues like his determination to end the visiting forces agreement with the United States because the U.S. canceled the visa of his first police chief and now Senator Ronald De La Rosa. That was one big issue that really took up weeks, I think, of crucial response time that, that could have been used to plan what, would, what we would do if, if an outbreak did happen in the Philippines. And also other issues like the Solicitor General's Coaranto case. And so the government was preoccupied by other issues that didn't have to do with the coronavirus, that had to do with politics and other matters. And I think that really also might have been one thing that distracted from this big problem of the coronavirus. So parang yun nga, you have other priorities even if clear na there's going to be an outbreak now. So, pero, Sophia, so from then up to now, Ano yung nakita mong changes sa response ng presidente sa coronavirus outbreak? Right. So I think one one change that we really noticed and have felt, definitely, every one of us has felt, is the fact that there's a lockdown in place now. So in the entire island region of Luzon and in other places in Visayas and Mindanao, there are strict quarantine measures in place. People aren't allowed to go home. Our routines and our regular lives have been upended because experts say that one of the most effective ways to stop the spread of the virus is to stop social interaction, at least for a certain period of time. And we've also seen it escalate from 
the government having at first no response really to it becoming a public health emergency and then a state of calamity was declared and then just uh, last week a state of national emergency was declared and i think when you see the changes it kind of illustrates that like the very slow process that it has taken for the gravity of the situation to dawn on some of our leaders because we've seen lockdowns and other strict social di- social distancing measures have been in place now but these are also some things that were options long ago and that other countries implemented before us so sa ganitong trajectory you really see na parang factors dito yung nakikita ni Duterte siguro na nangyayari sa ibang bansa like for example marami na namamatay sa China and then marami na rin casualties and victims sa Italy sa Europe may other factors ba ba nakikita you're right to this no parang i think the factors that really done him was yun nga yung sinabi mo the fact that cases kept increasing here in the Philippines itself kung napansin mo in a week's time we more than doubled our cases to from around 400 somewhere below the 500 mark last the beginning of the previous week and in a week's time we're, we've we've reached the 2000 mark and these cases are still increasing right they're not slowing down yet and we saw also how the worst case scenario was playing out in other countries like china at first and then now italy and the united states and other several in several other countries in europe and so siguro is some factor then yung nakikita nila kung gaano kabilis yung rise the 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 growth of the of the outbreak all over the world and then it finally becoming a pandemic and that it became clear that the philippines wasn't going to be spared by the novel coronavirus and that filipinos were already getting affected and i think also another factor would have been that doctors really raised the alarm that if we weren't going to do anything about it people were going to die and not just maybe one or two people but thousands of people were going to die if we still kept on with the way we were going parang yun nga uh, you mentioned nga the doctors and other people are sounding the alarm i think it shows importante na talagang vigilant yung mga tao regarding the situation no pero Sophia, i want to ask ayo monitor Duterte during the first few months of the outbreak kasi i think you've been the malakhan yang reporter since january diba So mm-hmm. I want to know, ano yung tingin mo may steps niya or actions na dapat hindi niya ginawa nung pataas pa lang yung bilang ng mga cases sa Philippines? Well, Duterte shouldn't have downplayed his initial response and he shouldn't have neglected to act early. Because in a public health emergency, acting early means saving lives. And we missed that window of opportunity, I think, to really lay the groundwork for all the things that we needed to respond to the outbreak once we've gotten to the point we're in now and we're paying the price for that delayed response because that has that takes real shape in the form of let's say lack of personal protective equipment which of course is a global shortage of it now but if we acted early we probably could have gotten some supplies to last us till let's say maybe a few weeks so the next time we can get more stock and this is crucial of course for our health workers who are caring for patients who have been infected by the disease and another way that takes the delays take shape is of course and how difficult it is for people to get tested to find out if they have the coronavirus and in people's lost wages and loss of work 
And of course, sad to say also is in the death of many Filipinos and frontliners who were infected by the disease and who didn't really have the means to protect themselves, let's say, weren't really aware of the virus and its uh, severity. And at the same time, were also victims of, you know, that delayed response because some of these people didn't even get their tests back, let's say, until they already died from the disease. And so I think that, yeah, risk awareness of the coronavirus should have been more active. And of course, our preparedness measure should have been in place uh, much earlier than it is being done now. And, and then when you observe yung mga actions na recently, do you see any part of that na da- dapat ginawa niya nung umpisa pa lang? Or parang in-implement in- niya this week, for example, tapos he should have mm-hmm. done it last week pa or too late na basically na wala na siyang mas- mm-hmm. wala na masyadong magiging effect ito? So I wouldn't say too late naman kasi parang, I mean, don't you think it's sad to I think it's sad that we're in this in a situation where we think better late than never because really have we come to that. But at the same time, I think that it's good things are being put in place now, but really it should have been a long time ago. And one one concrete example of that is the National Action Plan, how it only came three months after the crisis started in January. When aren't you supposed to already have a plan? in place before this entire thing happens like why are we only planning how to respond now because the problem is here and the problem isn't going away in fact it's growing and by the way parang with regards to the national plan did wala pa masyadong details of course we're still waiting for more details on that and we're still waiting for a document to detail what exactly the national action plan is kung kailangan ba ng EO or memorandum to implement this and what we might be able to expect. And I think it's important then to watch out for that plan because nga, this will detail response not only health-wise and surveillance-wise, but also for millions of Filipinos who are most affected by the lockdown with being unable to work and, of course, other sectors as well. Pero isa pang measure siguro na might be a little bit too late would be having meticulous contact tracing in place. This is a measure that's known to work. For example, we can look to Singapore, which has is, is a country that's been praised for its handling of the outbreak. And one measure that was really successful for them was meticulous contact tracing. And it's also something that other countries are looking to replicate in their own areas. Like let's say Germany, they're looking at Singapore's experience to help get the outbreak in control. But it might be a little bit too late for the, us here. Not to say that we shouldn't do it, because we should do it. But of course, this gets more challenging as the number of cases increase. So imagine having been able to do meticulous contact tracing for, let's say, 50 patients, 100 patients, versus having to do that for over 2,000 people. The scope just gets bigger and bigger, and the longer you put it off or the longer you take the act to really do this, then again, it spells, it means more people getting infected possibly and possibly more people dying. And another thing that I think should have been done much early on and Suguru Itanaman out of everything might not be too late to do now, but it's another glaring gap is just identifying quarantine facilities because quarantine facilities for patients who are expected to have the coronavirus or might have more mild cases of the coronavirus because 
they take up precious space in hospitals. And we know for a fact, of course, na our health system isn't the strongest health system in the world. We don't have a lot of beds, hospital beds in the country. We don't have a lot of beds and intensive care units. And so those beds need to go to people who most who need it the most. And kung may mga quarantine facilities, national quarantine facilities na designated na, na ready na para gamitin, then you could free up and decongest hospitals, of course, to make space for more severe cases. Sa ngayon, we're three weeks into the lockdown and we're still asking government agencies to speed up their work in identifying these, these centers. So sa ngayon, wala pang national center up and running talaga. Pero you mentioned all of that. Saano pa yung kulang, tingin mo? And do you see the president ever doing yung mga napansin mo na kulang pa? At least in the next few weeks bago malift possibly itong enhanced community quarantine? Ano pa yung kulang? I think kulang pa yung our capacity to test. Testing and getting PPEs to frontliners. And at least with regards to this, there have been efforts taken to address it in the sense that may 1 million PPEs na pinurchase ng government and which is supposed to arrive in early April. They say more labs are coming up and more test kits are being acquired to really ramp up our testing capacity. And so I think when it comes to things that need to be done urgently or kung ano pa yung kulang, I think it's one those two things. And at least when it comes to that, there is something being done about it already. I think it's just a matter of asking then and watching out for, for example, how long it's going to take for labs that are supposed to be um, coming up in a few weeks to actually be operational. Because maybe the target April, but in actuality, it will be mid-April or late April. So, of course, again, that's something to keep looking out for. And then let's go naman sa recently greenant ng Congress kay President Duterte, which are the special powers. Can you give us a gist of what these powers are? And I think I want to know, parang importante ba tong powers na to? And do you see Duterte actually using these powers? Kasi nalaman natin this kahapon yung report niya sa Congress. Eh. And parang dami niya kasabi na parang wala naman dito yung mga sininginan special powers. Right. So at least parang um, quick summary ng special powers niya ay lahat nito ay sa Bayanian to Heal as One Act which was initially supposed to be an act that granted him emergency powers pero dahil nagkaroon ng backlash at may mga iba't ibang tao na nag-express ng concern regarding that those emergency powers it became standby powers or special powers. So Duterte got 30 special powers and it would help the response i would say pero kahit naman helpful siya it wasn't needed because there are so many other laws that grant him those powers without having to actually make another law just giving him those powers let's say we saw that in of course people and groups raised the fact that yun nga parang superfluous talaga yung special powers needed there to dito kasi he has the authority to do all of this as the president already. It's there in the constitution. It's president or other laws. And all, all that had to be done was to use it rather than just having an entirely new law for all of this and to have had like a special session and everything to just come up with that uh, new document. I think for my last question, Sophia, from your own viewpoint, 
if there's one thing that the president should immediately do, like, ora mismo, kahit tomorrow, paggising niya, if regardless kung magising siya ng hapon or gabi, ano yung dapat niyang mm-hmm. gawin immediately? Sa akin lang, I think talagang kailangan niyang i-prioritize yung uh, ramping up our testing capacity. So, putting up more testing centers, ensuring, because that would ensure quicker turnaround time for tests. Because this will really give us an accurate picture of what the status of the disease is in the Philippines, what might the spread look like, how far has it gone, and it will really help in, in screening more patients for the coronavirus disease. Because sa ngayon, dahil medyo limited pa yung capacity, mahaba yung waiting time just to get your results back, and then may rationing ng test kits, there are protocols and guidelines you have to follow. If you're not somebody who is prioritized for testing, then you can't get tested. But of course, that raises concerns over whether or not you're actually infected or if the disease could be spreading undetected in communities. Because there are asymptomatic cases. And so I really think that if there's one thing that Duterte should do and focus on and Duterte government should put its resources on, it should prioritize testing because it's by getting that data from testing that we'll know what the situation is like and what we might be able to expect and how to move forward. Otherwise, we're blind. We're blind in fighting this outbreak. And being blind means it's going to cost us, you know, it's going to cost the Philippines and Filipinos their lives. And so, kailangan talaga mag-test at i-prioritize yung wrapping up of our testing capacity. So on that note, I hope the president is listening to this podcast para alam nga kung ano yung gagawin <laughs> tomorrow, di ba? We can wish naman, di ba? We have to really continue being vigilant and call out the president for more actions na decisive and also concrete against the virus. Especially now that he has the special powers as granted by Congress na sabi mo kanina na hindi naman kailangan kasi there are laws na specifically kinocover itong mga powers na to. But thank you, Sophia, for joining me today and giving us this perspective on the president and his moves. I will reach out to you again, siguro, if hindi pa tumatapos, para see natin ano improvement ni Duterte pagdating sa issue na to. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rappler and Newsbreak sa Facebook, pati na rin sa Twitter. If you want to get access to exclusive content and events, join Rappler Plus. Plus, is a community where we discuss and get deeper insights to the issues we face today. Sign up by visiting rappler.com plus. Kung meron ka naman gusto na topic na you think we should discuss in our podcast, email us at investigative at rappler.com. Before I end this podcast, I would like to recommend to our listeners that you go to our podcast page sa Spotify, sa SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, or even sa Rappler page namin kasi marami kaming podcasts on the novel coronavirus. So we have their, our first episode on the coronavirus, which talks about the readiness of the Philippines. Just last week, we talked about the mass testing. Now, we also tackled this podcast with Sofia Tomacruz. So just go to our website. It's rappler.com slash newsbreak. Nandun lahat ta episodes. Again, I am Judes Gavilan, and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. <laughs> Wah, 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 wah.